Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We're very pleased to be joined fresh off the floor of the United States uh, House, casting a vote. Representative Blake Moore is on the line. Give us an update uh, from Washington, D.C. Representative, thanks for uh, squeezing us in today. Uh, always. Thanks, boys, for having me on. Uh, you, you are very busy uh, back there in uh, Washington this week. Uh, and so there's a number of things that I, I want to run through uh, real quickly. Uh, but I want to start with one that I think, especially as we roll into the 4th of July holiday, uh, is one that is so important and one that I don't think a lot of people have heard about or been talking about. Uh, you and Senator James Langford, a uh, great senator from Oklahoma, have introduced a bipartisan Retained Skilled Veterans Act. Uh, tell us about the what is going on currently and why is this so important for our retired military members? Yeah, excellent. And then you highlight it right there. The importance of it is for folks that leave the active duty, that men and women that leave their active duty service and making sure that they can leverage their experience and get top-notch, good-paying jobs without the bureaucracy of what exists with what's called the 180-day rule. Um, So this legislation will go in and um, remove this, this I would call it arbitrary and sort of antiquated mm-hmm. um, stipulation that says you, you you can't go and have a even a civilian job related to the Department of Defense after your uh, before 180 days after you leave service. Well, at the turn of the century in 2000, in the early 2000s, we we gave waivers for this and we kept re-upping it, and re-upping it, and then decided, you know, it's not that important. This is good. We're getting um, lots of good talent coming into our active duty service, and if they decide to um, retire, they have an opportunity to go work for um, in the civilian world. And instead of losing them to other industries, let's you know let's use let, let's let's keep these folks engaged and and working on a similar mission. Um, we gain so much, and particularly Northern Utah gains so much from our civilian workforce in the Department of Defense and related to, to that, that apparatus of, of all these amazing jobs. You can, you can go and talk to people that have worked on landing gear their whole life, and they have taken what they learned in their service, and then they take this, um, they work with, with you know, in these civilian jobs, making our landing gear more efficient, mm-hmm. saving us money, creating longer-lasting lifespans of these types of things, and they just, they're, they're, they're really talented people that want to go work, and this is just going to remove that. Uh, I think that's so important, uh, as you mentioned, you know, that tag team between the civilian workforce and our active duty uh, folks, especially in northern Utah, is, is so vital. And to have so many of those great skills that, uh, of course, have been developed uh, during their careers uh, w- within the United States Armed Services, uh, to have that walk away and go into other sectors just because of a uh, an antiquated waiting system, as you said, uh, I think Can is— we lose? And when we when we have a lot of attrition, 
um, we train pilots and airmen and, mm. and other types of, of servicemen and women. And then we, they leave and go to other sectors. Sometimes it's good to celebrate. Actually, they get great training sure. and they're still contributing to the economy and everything. But we also need that workforce in the DOD because we can't always recruit um, directly to civilian workforce as much as we'd like, um, especially if you have these types of arbitrary bureaucratic red tape to get over. And so these are just ways we're being productive back here. And yeah. this has been in the works before. We work closely with Utah Defense Alliance um, and just put it as a priority into our into our committee work with armed services. Yeah, that's wonderful. Again, if you're just joining us, we have Congressman Blake Moore on the line. He and uh, Senator James Langford from Oklahoma introduced the bipartisan retained skilled Veterans Act uh, to permanently repeal that 180-day rule. Uh, so important, uh, again, especially as we think about uh, how important uh, the roles that are played uh, in uh, both civilian and in full-time active duty uh, that are so complementary and so important for our security. Uh, I want to shift gears now a little bit. Uh, you're, you're part of this uh, new caucus, the Conservative Climate Caucus, uh, which has a, a good number. I think the last I checked was about 52 uh, members have joined the Conservative Climate, Climate Caucus. Uh, of course, uh, Congressman Curtis has been a big part of that. You're a big part of that. Uh, tell us where we are on that today. Yep, Congressman Curtis is more than a big part of it. He's led it. Um, I can say for folks any listening, Representative Curtis has, has been a really strong leader in this space. And it just needed someone that was willing to kind of, you know, take the take the reins on it. Because mm-hmm. um, there is a lot of people interested. In, and the number's higher than that, actually. I don't know the exact number, but I think it was at least 60 when we kind of had the launch. And it's just a simple way to coalesce around a message. Because we've already been, there's already people back here. There's already a lot of Republicans back here already doing the work. And we've got the... And we've got you know, a track record to show it with respect to how we've approached industry, and not even just we as in Republicans, but, but you know, industry in general. Um, the U.S. is leading in this effort. Right. So let's make sure that we create an opportunity for conservatives to, to get, in, get behind this and show the work that we've done and use that as a way to say we need to continue on with this effort. And by doing that, we can create really productive solutions to this. That will balance our um, environmental needs with with our economy. And the best part about it, and again, you can look at any issue and anything that we get involved with back here. Um, like Utah leads on this stuff. Like no one's no one's against Utah investing in Tier Three right. into our oil refineries along the Wasatch Front. I work. I, I represent major oil and gas um, equities out in the Uinta Basin. And those companies are engaging with Utah State, the basin campus, and, and maintaining good air quality measures and things like that. So we're already doing this. Let's not demonize industry because the answers and the solutions we need are in industry. And let's not overly mandate this so we you know, can lose out to other countries. No one back here, especially you know, from the Democrat Party, they, they, we, we, I keep asking this question. Like, by taking these measures that we're doing – how does that increase innovation? How does that in- invest in um, making sure that we have the proper timelines to invest? And also, how does it make sure that other countries aren't going to benefit from this? Right. Because, you know, we need the timelines and the ability to invest in this so we don't have, you know, Russia and China just doing it a lot more irresponsibly than, than we will. And yeah. so that's uh, my take on it. Absolutely. Great, uh, great insight there. And it is uh, so often we're presented that false and we're all, choice. And we're all in, like all the, the Utah delegation – Burgess or Rep, Rep Owens and Rep Stewart. So we jumped in. John's blood. John led this really well. Yeah, 
Wonderful. Well, I want to get real quickly. Uh, we just have about a minute to go uh, with Representative uh, Blake Moore. And uh, everyone always talks about, you know, Congress and recess. Uh, I always have to set it straight that it's uh, in-state work period or in-district work period. Uh, I know you're getting ready for uh, some big pushes in terms of what's going to happen in the first district over the course of the summer. I know you've got a town hall tonight. Uh, that's a great way for people to engage and, and engage in a lot of these really crucial conversations. Just we got a telephone town hall tonight. We've got a really great plan. Um, in addition to the parades and rodeos and all that stuff we get to do and, um, and getting out in the community. Um, we're really putting an effort on making sure that we get town halls from Vernal and Daggett all the way to Davis County, Morgan County and, and, and Weber and just all, you know, all 10, all over the place. And so we've, we'll be putting that out. Um, so keep an eye on it. Uh, we'll, we'll properly communicate when and where these are going to be. Um, and just, you know, this is the part that I look forward to. I, didn't get to do very much stuff in person during the campaign um, with COVID and everything, and I'm I'm really looking forward to be able to interact in person as we as we keep moving on. Wonderful, Representative Blake Moore uh, joining us just just off of the floor of the House of Representatives. We appreciate you stepping out and taking our call today, and appreciate again your work on this, uh, especially this bipartisan uh, bill that will help our veterans. Uh, as they transition uh, into the private sector. So really important stuff and uh, great work there. We appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll have you back real soon. Thanks for all you do, Boyd. Appreciate it. All right. That's uh, Representative Blake Moore. We're going to step aside for Bottom of the Hour News. When we come back, we're going to go to the border. A lot of conversations going on there. Let's break them all down. Coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.